Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From the pages of The New Yorker, this is the Weekly Comment Podcast. In Unrule of Law, Amy Davidson Sorkin writes about Trump, Giuliani, and all the president's lawyers. The enlistment last Thursday of Rudolph Giuliani, the former mayor of New York and now a purveyor of security advice and partisan rants, as a personal lawyer to Donald Trump marked the entry into the president's legal drama of another character whose presence was unlikely and yet somehow inevitable. It was of a piece with the moment earlier in the week when lawyers for Michael Cohen, another Trump attorney, asserted that a client whose identity Cohen was anxious to keep secret was Sean Hannity of Fox News. That came during a court hearing that was also attended by Stormy Daniels, the adult film actress and director, who is in a legal fight with Cohen and Trump over a hush agreement. Giuliani says that his job is to quickly negotiate an end to the investigation by the special counsel Robert Mueller into Russian interference in the 2016 election, as if that matter and related issues that Mueller has uncovered were akin to a casino bankruptcy restructuring in which debts and bad behavior can simply be swept away. Also last week, in the interval between a statement from Hannity to the effect that he wasn't exactly Cohen's client and Giuliani's claim that he was going to be what might be called the fixer de tutti fixers, James Comey, the former FBI director, published a memoir, A Higher Loyalty. A striking element of the book is Comey's comparison of Trump's circle to the mafia. To complicate matters even further... Comey, whose firing features prominently in Mueller's investigation, once worked for Giuliani, when Giuliani was the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. In the book, Comey describes Giuliani standing in his office doorway, giving him a pep talk about investigating Al Sharpton, at the time a community activist, for alleged embezzlement, which Giuliani concluded by saying, oh, and I want the fucking medal, meaning the medallion that Sharpton often wore. Sharpton was eventually acquitted on state charges. The Comey-Giuliani connection is another reminder of how the Trump presidency has dragged us back to the gaudy, big-shouldered Manhattan of the 1980s. But even Comey appeared thrown by the plot twist involving his old boss. During an interview on Thursday night at Town Hall, when the New Yorker's David Remnick asked Comey about the Giuliani appointment, he paused for a long moment and said, I don't know what to make of it. He added, I don't know what the attorney-client dynamic is like around the president. The same night, memos that Comey had written after his meetings and phone calls with Trump, which multiple congressional committees had obtained from the Justice Department, were leaked to the press. In one, about a dinner at the White House at which the president asked for his loyalty, Comey said that the experience of talking to Trump was chaotic, with topics touched left, then returned to later, making it very difficult to recount in a linear fashion. It was, he wrote, conversation as jigsaw puzzle. That description could fit any attempt to summarize the various Trump scandals. Trying to explain how they all intersect begins to sound like a verbal version of those charts in investigators' offices, with pictures and yarn connecting pins in locations as far-flung as Moscow, Washington, Prague, Kiev, Ankara, Baku, Dubai, Hong Kong, a parking lot in Las Vegas, and various suites in Trump Tower. And, at the center, 
the president. And yet, in the disparate cases, one can already glimpse a clear theme. Trump's disdain for legal limits, and perhaps more dangerous, his almost uncanny ability to draw others into his vision. Comey writes in his memoir that in a White House where lying or remaining silent as the president lies is considered an essential act of loyalty, he could see how easily everyone in the room could become a co-conspirator to his preferred set of facts or delusions. Michael Avenatti, the lawyer for Stormy Daniels, whose proper name is Stephanie Clifford, told The New Yorker that he regards her case not as a sideshow, but as a sine qua non. Avenatti, who is clear-eyed about the uses of publicity, is eagerly envisioning himself sharing headlines with Giuliani as the legal actions converge. What distorts the president's judgment, Avenatti says, is a misconception as to the importance of loyalty or perceived loyalty. The assumption that if one is president, the law hardly matters is apparent, even in White House moves that fall within traditional policy areas. Many legal observers, for example, were struck by how poorly written the first versions of Trump's travel ban executive orders were, and the administration's initial attempts to argue that judges shouldn't even have a role in reviewing the orders failed badly in several federal courts. This Wednesday, the Supreme Court will hear oral arguments in the case of Trump versus Hawaii about the administration's latest revised order. One hurdle for the administration's lawyers will be explaining the president's tweets, in which he suggested that this new version was just a politically correct placeholder that should be the basis for something much tougher. Often enough, Trump drives away lawyers when he doesn't like what they tell him, a culling that might shape the character of the remaining herd. A similar effect may be seen in the spate of resignations in the Republican Congressional Caucus. But the rewards for staying in Trump's circle are increasingly elusive, even for the ambitious or the public-spirited, who feel that it is their duty to serve any president. There is a growing prospect that the price for doing so is not only indignity, but an indictment, or at least lawyer's fees, when one is called as a witness. Last Wednesday, the Wall Street Journal reported that Trump had consulted with one of his divorce lawyers, Jay Goldberg, who is also a former prosecutor, about the question of whether Cohen, who seems to be facing a raft of charges for financial crimes, might flip and become a witness against him. The idea that Trump would consult someone who is also his divorce lawyer on this point is another sign of how much his concept of the law centers on him and his personal needs. Goldberg said that he had advised Trump not to trust Cohen or almost anyone facing a long jail sentence. The attorney-client dynamic, to use Comey's phrase, between Trump and Cohen may, for the president, turn out to be explosive. And Cohen isn't the president's only lawyer or his only problem. That was Unrule of Law by Amy Davidson Sorkin from The New Yorker magazine, April 30th, 2018. Narrated by Jamie Rennell. Also in the magazine this week, Dana Goodyear on Rachel Kushner, Ashley Powers on the sheriff's laying claim to the Constitution, Patrick Radden Keefe on H.R. McMaster, Alif Batuman on Japan's rent a family industry, Alex Ross on what Hitler learned from America. Kalefa Sine on John Hopkins, Hilton Alls on My Fair Lady, 
Anthony Lane on This Is Our Land and Le Corbeau, fiction by Robert Coover, and more. Audible.com produces a weekly audio edition of The New Yorker. To subscribe or to download individual issues, we invite you to go to www.audible.com and enter New Yorker in the search box. To subscribe to the comment podcast, go to www.newyorker.com or to the New Yorker Room on the iTunes Store.